Welcome to the ISO Diaries with your hosts, Sam and Alicia. Good afternoon, Tanya. Good afternoon. Um, would you like to tell everybody a bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm a Bradfordian actor. I've um, been acting for about 20 years. Um, I've done loads of TV shows, Emmerdale, Casualty, Holby, Pennyworth. I've done a movie with Jennifer Lawrence, Red Sparrow, and um, loads of theatre up and down in the country. I'm also a digital content producer. Um, I produce podcasts, one's called Dominique and Dad. That's one with my Dominique and Dad. <laughs> I um, produce Foot Culture, um, digital arts channel, and um, yeah, events as well. I produced the first, sorry, I produced the first monologue slam in Leeds. That is amazing. So Tanya, I mean, I've said this, I don't know if I've said this to you before because we've been trying to connect for quite a while, but yeah, been working. Now, I first noticed you with Tricking Shop Shakespeare yeah. and yeah, I, really I was good. absolutely fangirling. I mean, wow. Yeah, so I produced over 30 films with them. I mean, I, at the time I was really new into doing media. So I went back to uni when I was 28 and I sort of then decided I needed to be the change I wanted to see. And I just yeah. thought, this is phenomenal. I'm, I was, I had young kids and I wanted them to connect with Shakespeare because I, I loved yeah. Shakespeare, but it's like for them, it was boring. So when I saw yeah. that, I thought this is just so relatable. Yeah. I think what happens is the way we are taught Shakespeare in school is not how it's supposed to be taught or performed. Um, it's a very intellectual exercise in school and Shakespeare is not to be kind of theorised over. It's supposed to be, you know, felt and seen. Um, so it wasn't until I went to drama school that I learned how to kind of dissect the way it's supposed to be read, like learn iambic pentameter properly and that kind of thing. And once I'd kind of got the key at drama school, it was like, this is so easy. Why are we not doing more of this? So when I reconnected with Liddell, who I'd known for years anyway, um, yeah, it, we, we kind of pushed Chicken Shop into a, into a bigger forum. That is fantastic. And as well as Chicken Shop, again, I said I'm fangirling here. I'm a massive Holby City fan. Oh, I love Holby. Holby and Casualty, right? Everybody always asks, which are your favourite jobs? And people at Holby and Casualty always look after you. Oh, I can, you can just see that. I mean, you just buy into all of the characters. I mean, yeah. it's something I continue to watch like years on from when I was younger and I never miss it. In fact, it's on our record. I think the kids <laughs> are sick of me because I'm always like, Hope. I mean, Definitely. Alicia's saying, yeah. Like every it's time it's on, my mum's always in the living room watching Holby City. But I can't, it's always when dinner's, <laughs> it's always when dinner's happening. So I just can't stay in the room. It's it's really well written. Um, the crew are amazing. The cast are amazing. And I think once you've got that kind of team, it shows on screen. It, it really does. I mean, those are things that really will stand the test of time for me. You'd never get sick of them at all whatsoever, <laughs> at all. So, I mean, one of the questions that we, I really want to know, and um, because 
the thing that I find with our family is that we are a family of creatives and that's not just me saying it. Everybody in here does drama and it's right. one of them subjects that they all picked in school. I'm not sure why. I think it was a confidence thing. I'm not sure anybody yeah. um, wants to take it further. But one of the questions I've always struggled with is what is a creative? Because I can't right. draw, I can't sing, I can't act, but I still consider myself a creative and it's taken me a long time to be open and honest and say I am. What would you define as creativity? Um, I think the the question of what or who is a creative, I think our history and our like genealogy and um, you know, heritage um, has a lot to do with that. Like our heritage, um, like African heritage, Caribbean heritage, we are storytellers from generations and that kind of is passed through. So a lot of us who come from that kind of heritage are storytellers, whether we whether we perform that in our work lives or not. Um, but in terms of like work, I think, you know, even bloggers are creatives. You know, again, it's it just boils down to storytelling and how you get that story across. Graphic designers are, are creatives. That again, they're telling a story with their art. You know, yeah, I, I love that, and I think I would love to get that across to young people who feel that maybe they don't have any talents. Because I mean, I look at my kids and I think they're really talented people. The way they interact with themselves and others. Right. But then in often conversations where you know I ask them, "What do you want to do?" Like I don't know, and I think yeah. I think school might not a little bit out of them That's might true. make them not yeah. feel like they're, they're worthy of doing anything because they might not want to be doctors or yeah. they might want you to know. do something different what do you think Alicia? I definitely think that's true because when I was in high school, I wasn't really supported with my writing as much as I am now. Like the school didn't really give us help as being our individual selves. It was always just like the main topics like English, maths, and it's not something I've always loved. I've always liked the creative subjects like drama, sociology. I like getting in there and being out in the world and interacting with people, but school doesn't really do that for people like me. So it kind of just mm. like sets you on the academic path and you just have to follow that. Like it doesn't really yeah. have a broader scale of what you can do as a person. Schools are very rigid in in their kind of framework because they've got targets to attain. Um, so, and society as it is now, our society in particular, doesn't really know how to measure, um, what's the, what do I mean to say? It doesn't know how to measure, um, what's the word? um value value it doesn't know how to measure value for creative um creative things so you know measuring in science is easy measuring in maths is easy but you know there are so many things that people th do that are creative but people don't know how to measure it so things like the the, the massive exodus to tiktok which you know used to be musically People are edit people are learning editing their film editing, people are dancing, people are acting, you know, all that thing, TikTok stuff, social media stuff that, that young people are doing now, that all that's creative. 
Oh, TikTok now is a bone of contention in our house because I'm obsessed. I mean, the kid, I mean, I'm dying for one of them to allow us to do a TikTok video together. And the only person that will allow me is my seven-year-old. And I'm like, you know, I want the older kids to engage. Let's do something interesting. I mean, you've got quite day, strict views yeah. on that, haven't you? Alicia? Till this day, TikTok, I am still opposed to my mum starting a TikTok account. Something about it, like every night, I always wake up in the morning to like 50 TikToks that my mum's found. And she thinks it represents me or T. Yeah, we are real. I just, I just can't take it sometimes. <laughs> but I think, I think particularly in lockdown, like maybe you're not there now, Sam, but when I started Dominique and Dad, it was because my dad's pretty old now. He's going to kill me for saying this, but um, he's, I'm the youngest of the, of the kids. My dad is 70 plus now. And as much as we, you know, have spent time together, we've never really talked about his heritage. And I just thought I have to kind of document this because if I if I don't, there'll become a time when I'm sorry that I didn't, do you know what I mean? So there is there is definitely a time and a place for family kind of creative endeavors. I, 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 so, I love that you've said that because this is why we're doing this. Because before I was so busy, I was all over the place. And to be honest, I just didn't have the time to connect with my mum, my who's actually isolating with us and right. the kids. And now we, we're, we're forced to do it. And actually it's it's a good thing so what yeah. me and alicia now we're talking on this and hopefully we'll get the other kids to come and and just talk about how they feel and most importantly my mum's here and she's just constantly cooking like right. she like i'm to the point now where i feel like i'm an, on a long holiday and i'm ready to come <laughs> home and eat beans on toast but you know i can't i can't complain because as you've said we are not like she made hard dough bread so we've got a video uh... of her making it you know yeah, things like that, you know, if we don't document it, that's going to be forgotten forever. Absolutely. And this is the thing, young people, I mean, for us, my, my grandma, their great grandma is still alive. She's well into her wow. 80s. And we, when I was growing up, I used to eat things like coconut drops and um, coconut pone, you know, a cornmeal pone. Sorry, I've said that wrong. You know, people are going to kill me because I said it wrong. <laughs> but it is what it is, you know, and I'd love to, when we get out of this, sort of like film her and film her talking about her life with the yeah, kids. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You have to because Amanda Huxtable always says this and it's so important, like in terms of art and theatre and arts and culture in this country, look at who is telling the stories and who the stories are about. We have to tell our stories because nobody else is gonna. That That is so true. And I'm hoping that with this happening, that as a creative community, we come together, you know, and, right. and do that together. I'm certainly on a path to do that. I want my company, Bougie Media, to do that. And when I watched you yesterday doing um, your social programme, it was so inspiring because you had people on social unity that have watched and looked at but never right. never known how to get in touch with or even what I would say you know right. because you know as a creative myself I don't take myself seriously enough so I'm like yeah. if I reach out to you you're gonna think oh well who's she and that's the conversation I have in my mind right yeah imposter syndrome that's that's a massive thing but you know we have to kind of work through that I mean I last night you probably couldn't tell but there was so much going wrong and I'm pressing all the buttons and trying to host but you just have to kind of like 
just believe in yourself, I think. Absolutely. And I think this is a good point to bring in what is a professional, because this is something right. I struggle with all the time, because we there is these sort of like limits on what professionalism is and what it should look like. And mm-hmm. at a time of a pandemic, I don't see why that's even a question anymore because we're all struggling with rubbish broadband. (laughs) We can't leave our homes. So whatever we make is natural. It's kind Mm -hmm. of authentic. And for me, authentic creativity is what the world should be about. It shouldn't be about the polishness. It should be Mm -hmm. about whatever message it is that you're trying to get out to your viewers. And for us, it was brilliant. You know, I love that. I thought, look at this. These black people are on here and they're showing the world how great the black community in Yorkshire is. Mm, Yeah. You know, and that should have been on a wider, on a wider scale. You know, I would love to see that happen. Yeah, I think in terms of what is professional, I mean, foot culture was like, as I said, in my mind as a podcast for uh, over a year before the pandemic. And it's just the pandemic that made it become a digital channel. But in terms of professionalism, you know, there are people who are inspired to create work now in a pandemic. And there are people who want to rest. You know, it's a pandemic. We shouldn't feel forced to be creating A and be creating polished stuff B. You know, like you said, a piece of art is a piece of art. And who is anyone else to judge what we create? The struggle for me with professionalism has been a long one. And it's interesting that you said um, imposter syndrome because yeah. it's something that I've really struggled with. So I've I've been plugging away at this for a long time. Yeah. And to the kids, I don't really discuss this because I kind of feel I need to put up a veneer and a pretense that, you know, I'm brilliant, I've got this. But I think Mm. it's important as their mum that they see that I have vulnerabilities, that they see that I struggle. Like, a lot of the times I do things and I don't feel joy because I'm always thinking of the next thing. Like, how can (laughs) I be better? Or that won't good enough. Like, you know, I need to be better than the other person because I don't have the space to fail. Yeah. And that's not that's not great for your mental health, you know, at all. It's not, but it's kind of the world we live in as, you know, black and brown creators, sadly. And I think it is important that you do show your kids or you show any young person the the trials and tribulations that we do have to go through because they will also go through them and it's an important that we have a honest conversation about that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what do you think, Alicia? I mean, when, when I sit and I speak about um, imposter syndrome, is that a term you've ever heard of before? To be honest, no, but when I look at you, I don't really see it. Like, because of the way you present yourself and the way you're always out there and you're doing work. Like, when I come to work with you, I never notice. Like, when you're doing your thing, you're so confident when you're speaking to your... Um, what are, you, what are they called, is it you? My participants. Yeah, your participants. Mm. Like, you're very confident with the way you present yourself. So I never know from the outside, I guess, just because of the way you present yourself and the way you look. Because I always see you as, like, a role model and you're so... Like, with the way you present yourself, it's very... Oh, that's okay. lovely. I'll I'll give you a tenner on Monday. <laughs> so you see that? So you see that you are doing what a quote-unquote professional is supposed to do, you know? The show must go on, and that's how people see you from the outside, even though you feel like you're drowning on the inside. (laughs) Absolutely. A lot of the times, I'm like a swan. So (laughs) underneath, I'm paddling away to save my life. But, you know, I've got to keep my neck up there. Yeah, and that's our industry. That's the entertainment industry, full stop. (laughs) 
absolutely i mean how do you cope with it because it you know you're out there for the public to see oh god i've got the worst anxiety like anxiety disorder all sorts of stuff um my mum is a massive kind of help in my life she's like my best friend um i've i've got a good support system in friends but you know again last night i was i was so the anxiety was through the roof every little thing that could go wrong went wrong and I've somehow I just kept pulling it back, pulling it back, pulling it back. You know, the show must go on, just try and get through it. I think that's part of being an actor. That's what being an actor's taught me to have a thick skin and just to get through to the end, no matter what happens. That That is absolutely amazing. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great. That's great advice for all young up and coming people. You know, you, you do have to have some resilience. Yeah. You do yeah. have to get back up after whatever failure if you deem it as a failure you need to get back up and continue on yeah like i said on my tweets just now like covid can't stop us nothing can stop us because if we don't tell our stories then you know we exist and we need to let people know and this is important as well like particularly for black northerners we can't let the black experience just be a london experience you know no and i've lived in london for a long time um, now I'm back in Yorkshire, but even so, you know, you think of black people in the UK, it's always kind of this urban, quote unquote, South London kind of stereotype. And, you know, it's important that we know that we let people know we exist. Absolutely. I've said this a few times because my eldest son is 19 and we have conversations about this. So I have been known to say, and I don't want to take away from that art, but I don't watch things like Top Boy because right, I feel right. like they'll trigger me because, yeah, yeah. you know, he's my son and I wouldn't like to think that anything like that would happen to him. So I can't watch it because it would mm. just upset me. But then I think we live in a semi-detached house in the middle of Armley. You know, we, I don't, I can't, look at that and think yeah you know how that would happen and how that would work and I, I often ask him you know do you think that that experience represents you and I don't even know if he's dug that deep into it I think it's something that we should talk about on one of our podcasts you know yeah. it's not his reality of life at all and I don't think it's yours either is it that's true because when I look at shows like that I just see like people going through struggle but to be honest for me I've never really had that life I've always had everything that I've needed to get through I've never had to struggle or do a result to those things that those boys have had to do in those um, movies and stuff so when right, I watch right. it I don't really watch it and think about all of those things obviously I'm aware that it happens in the world and there are places where this happens but for me it's not really a reality so yeah exactly you know our story is very diverse even in London you know not everybody's from a council estate there's the there's diversity of story of black stories even in London so you know it's it's about kind of not letting the powers that be just kind of pigeonhole us into the same That's box absolutely true and one of the things that I want for us for this company is I'm not really all that bothered about being um on broadcast channels so right. for me right. because you I mean I'm I mean, this is an open and honest conversation. So I'll say this is that when you have to go through commissioners and you have to think about them thinking about the demographic that they want to serve, mm. a lot of the times that demographic doesn't include me and the people that I know. So when yeah. I have my own digital channel, then I know that I can yeah. speak to the people I want to speak to without fear of having to dilute my message. Exactly. You know, and I don't want to dilute it. This is why podcasting is really exactly. important because this is my channel and I say what I like. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I don't have to worry about what anybody else thinks. 
that's exactly why I started Foot Culture because as much as I, I'm an actor and that's where I earn my money on, on traditional broadcast channels, I want to be able to create a platform just like you are that we can do what we want. Like I said um, on my post, you know, it's FUBU style for us, by us. Yeah, absolutely. And also everybody should be doing this. One thing that I've always, and I don't know whether or not this is true or it's just in my head, that people think they can only be one person doing something. Like everybody should be doing something if they want to do it, because yeah. we can all come together. We all have different ways of doing things and different messages that we want to get out there. But as a collective together, we can all support each other to do that. Yeah. I mean, I love yeah. what you do and I want to support you. So I want to, I want to give to your fund. I want to be able to contribute whatever I can because I think it's important. Thank you, you know? for that. Um, yeah, no, you're right. You know, I, I've never been the kind of person that subscribes to, oh, it's either me or them. There's room for us all. And the more of us that are doing things, the more opportunities there will be for everyone. And particularly in, in Yorkshire, like we have to stick together because not to sound kind of pessimistic, but we are all we've got. Absolutely. I totally agree. Absolutely. And as a community, if we come together and we become stronger, could you imagine? I mean, yeah, yesterday... Yeah, the skill set alone. Yeah. I mean, yesterday on your broadcast, you were talking about Channel 4 coming and all of the things that that's going to bring. And mm -hmm. that's so true. I mean, I say this all the time in my day job. Them, I mean, we've always had an industry here, but them coming has meant that the industry hopefully will look at itself differently. Yeah, and just bringing, I mean, even if we don't get commissioned or employed by big companies like Channel 4, the other independent companies that will come up for a slice of the pie, you know, there's opportunity there potentially. Especially when you hear the things like, oh, the hard to reach. Like, there is nothing called hard to reach. To me, that yeah. doesn't exist because people are there. It's just the way that you're trying to talk to them is incorrect. So, you know, yeah. like, let's talk to each other. Let's build those platforms so that we can solidify the need for us to, to be out there telling our own stories. Yeah, it's kind of like, this is our platform, even though we're doing our own thing, collectively we are together, um, we're not hard to reach, we're right here. That's yeah. it. In fact, a lot of the times I've been um, on a Friday, because I don't work Fridays, trying to connect with other black creatives, just for coffee. You know, yeah. let's have a sit down and let's have a chat. Tell me about yourself and I'll tell you about me. And I just think that's so freeing. It's amazing. I've met some brilliant people i've been i've been hoping to meet you i'm glad we're doing this over the airways i know and we will do it face to face as soon as this is over but that's so important um and i try and do that as much as possible as well just be, just for mental health like just to check in with each other how are you not like how are you but li really how are you do you know and and just to let people vent get things off their chest and just for that kind of support yeah it, it's needed i mean i'm i think that this pandemic is is i know that it's awful that people dying this is terrible but in terms of us thinking about ourselves differently i feel positive i feel like you know i'm we're gonna create something amazing because we're now acknowledging how brilliant we are together Right. You know, and that the fact is, is that the news isn't covering how this has affected us. So let's cover that ourselves. Yeah. You know, we have to, we have to put ourselves at the forefront of these stories. That's true. 
And sometimes I feel like, do you know, people getting involved in things like this in podcasts and starting YouTube channels, yeah. it's because they're scared to fail. And I feel like as a society, we don't promote failure as a success in a sort of way, because in order to succeed, we do need to fail at some things. I was always taught that um, at f- if at first I don't succeed, I've got to keep trying and keep trying in different ways until I get what I want, because it's things are not necessarily just handed to you on a silver platter anymore. You have to work for what you want. And we're not promoting this to the youth, especially because um, like in schools, they don't promote failure. They're always like, you need to succeed and you need to get like high grades. But what about the people that don't get high grades? What about the people that are getting A stars? What do we do for those people? How are they supposed to be represented in jobs like this? Um, and yeah, when I was at school many moons ago, um, GCSEs were touted as the end of the world. And it's very important to get your GCSEs, yes, but you won't die if you, you know, don't get the the A star grade. You know, I I had a troubling time at the end of school because my parents split up. Um, but I went on. I've got two degrees now. I've got a master's, you know. So, it, it, it failure it has to be an option, you know, for various reasons. Absolutely. I mean, I've been known to tell these guys, as much as I really want them to do well, I've always said that at the end of the day, you have to push yourself. You have to learn outside of the classroom as well. The classroom is one thing, but you need to skill up yourself outside of there. And as long as you've tried, as long as you know inside yourself that you've tried your best, when it comes result day, I'm proud of you. We'll go and eat dinner. We'll yeah. celebrate because we're celebrating the fact that you've pushed yourself and that not everybody learns in the same way. And our system is set up mm-hmm. for one type of learning. And I yeah, don't learn yeah. like that. So, you know, I can't force them to think that that's, that's one way. Yeah. Again, it comes back to value. We don't know how to measure value for creativity. Again, we can only measure, you know, the academic side. And there is a lot of value in creativity. Like just under this quarantine now, look where people have turned to. Yes, the key workers are absolutely at the forefront, but people are turning to at the arts to keep Absolutely, them because that's the thing that's going to distract you from the fact you can't leave your home. So yeah. your favourite artist, yeah. you know, your Netflix, your yeah. Amazon Prime, yeah. those yeah. are very important yeah. at this yeah. moment in time. Yeah. So Alicia is prompting me to the fact that I need to ask you, what is your not so guilty lockdown um, pleasure? I'm not really a snacker, but I've, I've started this... <laughs> God, it sounds awful coming out of my mouth now. Um, I've started this routine of two packets of crisps a day like i have to have them I, I know that i'll have one at this time and then one later on and it's like if i only have one i'm like no you need to have the other it's 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 you know tradition now <laughs> and i don't even eat crisps but that's kind of the 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 you know the the the, the few things that i can have as a routine that are keeping me sane <laughs> I absolutely love that's that. Routine. I like. That I too. think that's a good routine. Just start like one. Just buy packets of crisps and have like two a day, maybe. Three. I mean, my waistline doesn't think it's a good thing. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, this is. I've heard that there's such a thing as crone belly, and I've got it, and I don't need it because I, I need to be able to fit in my clothes when we're allowed out of the house. Exactly. <laughs> not looking for that at all i mean that is lovely i mean as um for me mine is editing i'm learning to do motion five and oh wow yeah i mean this is this is keeping me sane i literally sit on there for hours and force alicia to look at the things i've done to give her critical eye because i'm like this is keeping me going yeah which is odd because i said i always said i'm not an editor it's not my cup of tea but for me it is funny you should say that though but in terms of our industry and getting back to 
any kind of normality, our industry is probably going to be the last to do so. Like, we don't know when we're going to be back in the theatres, back in the cinemas, you know, in big groups. Um, so our industry is probably going to have to adapt a lot. And you learning these skills now, you know, you, who knows where that's going to take you? That's that's true, actually. I think that's probably where my mind is. So, you know, it's like I need to upskill just to make sure that I'm not I'm staying sane, but also that I have something else, another string to my bow. Yeah. But as you said, not everybody needs to do this at all. I mean, I'm stuck in a house with four kids and right. mum, so I need an outlet somewhere. Yeah. And I shouldn't say stuck. We are lovingly up together. <laughs> Nobody's yeah, we left. It hard at times. It gets hard for everyone. Yeah. You know? It's not our normal routine, is it? Not at all. Not at all. But we've. I think we're coming to the end of the interview now because yeah. I mean this has been fantastic. But one thing that I'd like to ask you is what is the big difference? And I know you answered this yesterday, but it'd be lovely for you to answer it on here. The difference between finding work in Yorkshire and London is there a massive difference between what you're asked here? as opposed to there? I think I pretty much speak for all black and brown creatives in the North or particularly in West Yorkshire. I very rarely get to work at home. That's why I had to move to London because I was traveling to London for auditions and work a few times a month. It's over a hundred pounds on the train. That's my rent. I can pay my rent in London rather than get, you know, four or five trains a, a month. Um, so, I've got a very soft spot in my heart for London because I work there more often. I've got a creative scene in London. I'm, I'm taken seriously in London. And that's kind of the opposite of what it's like up here. You're not taken seriously up here. Um, they, they often ship actors in from London to do productions up here, no matter if you've been to drama school or not. Um, there are a few companies that have obvious that have absolutely um stuck by create like you know creatives black and brown creatives up here freedom studios is one theater in the mill is one um rjc is obviously one but it's very difficult um for us to be taken seriously and get the work here and that has to change absolutely i mean that's so sad i mean i grew up and i remember as a child going to West Yorkshire Playhouse to watch black comedians right, and yeah. plays. And like me and the kids don't go to the theatre. And that's really sad. I mean, I always said it was because of finance, but to be honest, I think it's just because I don't, they, it's not. They're not making content for no, us. No, not at all. I think that is going to change. Amanda Huxtable is now um, the artistic director of uh, Eclipse. And as you know, she's from London, but she is based in Huddersfield and has been for a very long time. And she's very keen to kind of bridge that gap. So, yeah. That's fantastic. So it's a let's watch this space. Yeah. It's going to get better. Well, thank you so much, Tanya, for giving up your time and speaking to me and Alicia. No, my pleasure. It's been fun. It, it means a lot. And I hope we get to do this more often. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, this has been brilliant. Thank you so much and good Thank luck. You. I hope you're doing more of your socials because we'll be watching. We will and we'll get you on at some point. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I better fix my hair. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Alicia. It's all right. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining our ISO Diaries 
please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to check out our website bougiemedia.co.uk as well as our socials at Bougie Media on Insta, Twitter and Facebook.